Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries. I'm your host, John, and as regular listeners may be aware, spurred on by recent technical difficulties, I've been pondering going back to a more manual style of gaming, but more about that after the intro. So, as I said before the intro, I've been considering going back to a more manual method of gaming. And in fact, I did a whole episode on this a few weeks ago called Could I Go Back to Old School Manual Gaming? I'll put a link to that in the description if you want to check that out. Obviously, I'm not going to go full face-to-face gaming since that's really not a possibility with my current gaming group since a few of them live in different countries to me. As part of this effort, though, I've been looking at streamlining the emphasis on VTTs, virtual tabletops, in my game. And I've been looking at the simple VTT Owlbear Rodeo. Again, link in the description. And in fact, my old mucker, Pete Jones of the Dragons of Real podcast, did a great episode on that. I'll put a link to his YouTube episode down below. It's also used in the drop-in OSE game that I'm currently playing in, run by Gavin Norman of Necrotic Gnome fame. So, I've been tinkering around with Owlbear Rodeo over the last week or two just to get a feel of how it works really and whether I think it could be a useful alternative to me. And one thing I've noticed is that whilst you can import your own tokens, there are a number of generic ones built into the VTT. And these are all pretty simple, you know, like an axe for a barbarian, a leaf for a druid, stuff like that. Obviously you can use them for like whatever you want in the game, but that's what they sort of represent. There's also some generic monster tokens, you know, like a spider, like a skull for undead stuff, things like that. In the drop-in OSE game I play in, we pretty much all have tokens we've made for our player characters. However, there have been a number of occasions where the GM has just dropped some of the generic tokens onto a dungeon map to represent a particular monster. Also, if a player loses a character during a game session, thankfully with OSE being fairly quick to gen up a new character, they can normally get a character gen and bounce pretty much quick straight away back into the game. And they'll often use a generic token for their new PC, at least until they've had time to make one of their own, if that's what they want to do. But obviously there's no stigma about just carrying on using the generic one. And this has worked pretty damn well during the sessions I've played in, and it's got me thinking about using generic tokens in games. Now, although I've got a large number of unpainted miniatures from a misspent youth spent lurking around various hobby shops and spending too much money on miniatures, I've very rarely used them since I switched to doing primarily role-playing instead of fantasy wargaming. Even when I was running more games face-to-face, I'd often have to travel or I lacked the space to have a load of minis set out, besides maybe a handful or two to represent the player characters. So I never really used them all that much when I was doing more face-to-face gaming. However, I have used tokens and counters to represent player characters and monsters. And there were several companies back in the D20 days, probably still are, that produced monster tokens that could be cut out and used. And nowadays we've got people with laser cutters, 3D printers producing tokens left, right and centre. There's also numerous people online with Patreons, etc., producing electronic VTT tokens. For example, I'm subscribed to Paperforge Patreon, and they do some great tokens. Again, link down below. Now, as I said earlier, 
I used to spend an ungodly amount of time lurking around my local game shop, Spirit Games. Now, to be fair, that was partly because I worked right next door and also my wife worked there. And obviously they sold lots of board games as well as RPGs, card games, etc. And many of these board games, and many I've seen since, make use of a simple token called a meeple. And if you're not familiar with them, meeples are simple, often wooden tokens that have a vaguely human-like form. So I thought I wanted to drill down a bit more into the definition of what one is. So on Wiktionary, and apparently the term comes from a blend of the words my and people. It was coined in November of 2000 by Alison Hansel during a game of Carcassonne when she fused my and people to describe the wooden figures that were being used by each player in the game. At one point, apparently, she blurted out, oh, my people, and everyone had a bit of a laugh about it in the group, and they started referring to them as meeples. And they also presumably posted this out on the internet, and it spread enough that in 2001, it was used as the title of the Meeples Choice Awards. So there you go, a bit of a chance sort of comment, and it spread and caught on. If you've somehow never seen a meeple, I'll put some pics in the YouTube version of this episode. If you're on the audio-only podcast version, though, a meeple is effectively a blobby, five-pointed shape that roughly has two legs, two blobby arms, and a top bump that is a bit like a head. Because they're normally fairly squat of a build, and the thickness of them, they can normally be laid down on a tabletop or stood up, and they're relatively simple to produce in a wood, plastic, and other such materials. So by now, you're probably saying, John, this is all very interesting and all that, but why are you banging on about tokens and meeples on an RPG podcast? And to that I would say, well, high-pitched, hypothetical listener, much as I love cool tokens, recently I've been thinking about whether I've become too reliant on maps, tokens, etc. to do the heavy lifting when it comes to description. This also came about when I recently tried running a couple of dungeons as point crawls during my Smoke and Snow OSE game. And although the session was great, my players did great, I felt like my description game was a little bit weak in the setting. Perhaps because I got used to just giving a basic description and relying on a nice map to sort of handle the heavy lifting for me. Well, having well-drawn tokens can be great, and it can provide a useful visual hook for the players. However, in my opinion, it can also lock us into a certain mindset when it comes to what a creature or a character looks like. Since most of us, not all of us, but most of us place uh, high priority on vision as a sense, having a token can cause us to slightly disregard whatever description the GM gives in favour of the picture in front of us. And I'm sure there's a quote about a thousand words in there somewhere. However, I've noticed that when I'm playing in the OSE game and the generic owlbear tokens are used, I tend to pay a great deal more attention to the description given by the GM. The token in this situation is just giving me the basic position and allows me to distinguish one type of enemy from another. And that's it. If I want to know more about the enemy and start forming a strategy against them, then I really need to pay attention. I'm not getting distracted by that cool picture on the token. I think this could also be carried forwards to face-to-face gaming. If you've got a load of great painted miniatures on the table, that's absolutely brilliant. More power to you. However, you need to be careful that the miniatures don't become an end unto themselves. After all, D&D is a game that largely takes place in the imagination, and it seems a shame to limit ourselves to whatever miniatures or tokens we have available. And this is where meeples and other basic tokens come in. 
They can be used in a face-to-face -face game and because they come in a variety of colours, they can be used to distinguish between the different types of enemies without distracting the players from the actual action going on. For example, let's say the heroes break into a dungeon chamber and there are three orc warriors and an orc shaman in there. The GM might say, as you enter the chamber, three hunched bestial humanoids with grey-green warty skin turn and snarl in your direction, raising rusted pitted weapons. Behind them, a small squat figure, bedecked in bones and the viscera of his enemies, begins to mumble some guttural syllables in a foul language as thin flickers of flame begin to gather around its crooked claws. The GM can then plop down three green meeples or tokens to represent the Orc Warriors and a red token or meeple to represent the mage. And since you've already described the Orcs as having grey-green skin and the Shaman as having fire-like powers, it should be pretty obvious to anyone with even the smallest amount of nous what the meeples actually resent. Another positive thing about using these meeples and tokens is, as we said earlier, space can often be at a premium. And having a few of these sort of like flat pack tokens, for want of a better term, can make it very easy to just put them in like a, a pencil case or a tin or something like that and take them to your destination without having to take like crates and crates of miniatures and scenery and stuff like that. It can definitely make it a lot easier to store them. And also a lot of these ones you get now, you probably actually printed them out yourself, you know, getting them off the internet or whatever. So if you lose a few tokens or some of them get damaged, you know, you can always print out some more or you can photocopy some more. It's not like, you know, if you've got a spectacularly painted miniature, it gets knocked off a table and someone treads on it. And then that's a lot of effort wasted or you've got to spend a lot of time repairing it. Let's face it, miniatures tend not to look as good once they've been broken and repaired as they do at the start. So. Now, don't get me wrong, I have nothing against people who want to use beautifully painted miniatures or anything like that. It's just something I've been thinking about recently. You know, how, how much have we come to rely on these sort of like props, I suppose. And I think in my case, and obviously I can only speak for myself, I've maybe come to rely on them a little bit too much. And I think for myself, scaling that back a bit might help me to sort of get back into the groove of like improving my description game and stuff like that. So there we are, there are my thoughts on the benefits of meeples and potentially these more generic tokens being used in RPGs. You got anything to say on the subject? Do you think meeples are rubbish? Do you think they're the best thing since sliced bread? Or do you want to talk about something else related to tabletop RPGs? Episodes past, present or future? Or just generally have a chat? If you do, then you can leave us a voicemail message using SpeakPipe or Anchor. Link in the descriptions down below. You might be featured in a future voicemail call-in episode of the audio podcast. Or you can send us an email to rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. Until we see you again, take care, stay safe, and whenever you're playing, have fun.